Here's the situation. You're on a show called House Fire Hierarchy, where you have to give the name of the first 10 inanimate possessions that you would save from your house in a fire. What are those 10, TJ? Wow. Wow. Oh, man. Um, all right. This is, uh, this is what? Oh, I'm TJ Jaganowski. You threw me. I've, I'm already I'm dealing with a, with a, with a home, my house fire. I, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm TJ Jaganowski. I'm Rush Howell. And this is, here's the situation. It's a real podcast about hypothetical situation. Um, and this week's theme is in kind of, uh, in tandem with last week's theme. Uh, and it's jeans, packs, men. One of uh, one of uh, an actor that we both enjoy. He might he's probably one of my favorite actors, and we've had conversations before uh, that involved Gene Hackman and Tom Cruise. Last week's was Cruise Cons Trolls, and this is Gene's Hacks Men. Um, yes, I was very happy when I realized you could you could pluralize every part of it, every part of his name, and have it be something. Yeah, it yeah, worked, yeah, it worked out great. All right, Rush. So uh, let's get right into it. So this first one is kind of a version of your Champions of Champions. Um, oh, all right, okay. We're but, still we're only two rounds of the ten rounds. That's right. Of the Champion of Champions before that, we then do the Champion of all those champions. I and just you and this one is not um, last man standing, but last gene standing. And okay. so here's last how. Gene standing. Yeah, here's how this is going to roll. Here's the situation, Rush. I'm going to give you a list of genes. Then one at a time, I'm going to give you a job or function that needs to happen, and I want you to tell me which gene is the man for that job, which gene can hack it. Cool? Oh, okay, sure. So here are your eight genes. You, you'll need a pencil. Got it. The titular Gene Hackman. Gene Shallot. Okay. Mean Gene Okerlund. Nice, great. Gene Simmons. Okay. I hope you know who this is. He was a favorite of mine as a kid. Gene Gene, the dancing machine. <laughs> okay. He was on the Gong Show. Gene Rayburn. Rayburn, uh, host of uh, the Match Game? Yep. Gene okay. Wilder. Okay, sure. And Gene Kelly. Quite a range of genes here. Okay, so sorry, uh, I, uh, Gene Kelly, and right before that, it was Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Okay, yep. got it. So we got Gene Hackman, yep. Gene Shallot, and Gene Shallot's like the the book and film critic with the big mustache. Yes, from the old, yep, from yeah. the old Today Show. Yep. Mean Gene Oakland, of course, another mustachio <laughs> Gene uh, who was the uh, the play by play uh, and. An interview announcer on the WWF. Not as follically uh, gifted on the top of his head as Gene Shallot was, um, but right. they were both mustachioed, yes. Uh, Gene Simmons uh, of long tongue fame uh, was in Kiss. Yep. Uh, Gene Gene the Dancing Machine from uh, the, the Gong, Gong Show. Show yep. Gene Rayburn, host of the Match Game, famed for long, thin microphone. <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder, uh comedic uh, actor and gene kelly famous uh dancer yep and, and, actor. Uh, and actor yep you got uh, it multi 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 threat talent so i'm just going to give you a job and each time you're just going to kind of give me the gene that you think is best suited for that job and maybe at the end since you don't know what jobs are going to be maybe i'll give you one gene for gene switch if you if you think okay. that'll put your put your or your list in better order Great. If I use a gene, I can't use that gene again. That's correct. That gene is off the board, and we're we're gonna get right. down to the last gene standing. Oh my god! 
the worst of the genes. <laughs> the, uh, is he called the recessive gene? <laughs> Very, nice. Is, uh, Very nice. Very nice. Last to be used. Yeah, I guess the first one used is the dominant gene, and then yes, that'll be the that'll be the the, the recessive gene at the end. Which rush? Which gene do you think? And this is in spirit of hack, which is also the name for a cab. Um, which gene is best suited to work an eight-hour shift as a cab driver? Oh boy! Oh boy! Um, I I think Mean Gene Okerlund's got okay. no trouble. Okay. Knocking down uh, that shift. No All problem. right, Okerlund's gonna be behind the wheel. All right, the next uh, the next job that someone needs to hack is uh, who could work the snack bar at a 16 theater movieplex? Okay. Um, I think Gene Gene, the dancing machine, okay. is got the, uh, the, the, just the right energy. That's to work great. That snack bar. Sure. Yeah, boundless energy. Um, yeah. Rush, I need a coach for my D League team. Which Gene would be right for that? Uh, you're killing me because I mean Hackman plays the greatest coach of all time. I know, but but do you Hoosiers. but do you want him really coaching the D League team? I I, be, I I believe wholeheartedly that if Gene Hackman were to step in and coach like the Orlando Magic next year, uh, he might hit a kid, you know, and get <laughs> and get written up by the uh, the Orlando Sentinel. But he's going to get results. I'm going to say Gene Hackman. Okay, have him coach coach my basketball team. Rush, which gene is going to rescue a dog from a burning house? I believe that Gene Kelly okay. would be the type of person that would that would go in, you know, when others run out of the building. All Gene right. Kelly runs in. Quick, light on his dog. feet, athletic. Um, yep. Rush, which of our remaining genes would you want to forge a passport? Tell you who's not going to be is Gene Shalit. I mean, come on. It's like Gene Shalit looks like a guess who character, right? To start with, like if that guy's putting together a fake ID, it's going to be so over the top. No, thank you. Uh, I I'm going to say, give me give me uh, give me Gene Simmons. He's good with the makeup. Okay. Uh, all right, which of our remaining genes do you want to run a five-minute mile? Oh, my God. Well, uh, Gene Wilder is the best chance okay. of the three. All right. <laughs> Rush, um, which of our two remaining genes could eat a six-pound ham omelet? <laughs> <laughs> Down to Rayburn and Shallot. <laughs> they both could. They uh-huh. Both could. <laughs> oh, my God. So I think Rayburn, I think Rayburn like is one of those guys that probably didn't eat a ton because he was just drinking his okay. way through lunches, right? <laughs> like I think Rayburn was, uh, you know, I, I love the guy, but uh, well, but Gene, Sh- <laughs> Gene Shallot, <laughs> I can see, I can see Shallot. All right, same spot every day with the paper open. All right, just cranking housing an omelet, cheddar omelet. <laughs> All right, so Gene Rayburn, by default now, his assignment is that he's a sub-captain who has to put down a mutiny. I I, I don't hate it. Okay, so that's where Rayburn... I don't hate it. I don't (laughs) hate it. I mean, obviously Gene Hackman shouldn't do that because he struggled to put down the the mutiny in Crimson Tide, so he's not going to be your guy for that. And, uh, yeah, Rayburn's fine. 
So I will give you the chance. If oh, by you, the way, yeah. what's tougher, uh, uh, like 80 Angry Sailors or like Charles Nelson Riley after lunch? <laughs> oh, I don't know, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, the, the, Rayburn has lived a yeah. life with unruly folks. Uh, yeah, with Brett Summers, Brett Summers in a, in a, in a you know, uh, worked up fanny flag. Um, yeah. So if you want to do it, you can switch a gene for gene here if you would feel better about your... Your right gene for the job uh, list. You can you oh, can switch one I can gene. Do some gene. Some gene splicing. splicing yeah, you I can. can. Do gene splicing. Uh-huh. Is what you're saying. Um, you know, I, I I'm pretty happy with what I've got here. <laughs> okay, um, you got it. I don't hate Okerlund. I don't hate Okerlund as a sub captain, but I, I don't I don't want Gene Rayburn driving my cab. What so, about um, what about good guy Gene Wilder? Going into the burning house, Gene Kelly running that five-minute mile. Because I know you weren't Not thrilled a, with your Gene. You said of the genes that were left, you wanted Wilder for the five-minute mile, but I don't know. That's right. I, I'll surprise you when I say this. Not a big Gene Wilder fan. I know everybody loves the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have any reason to, to, to like him. Don't like any movies that he did in particular. Not You uh, don't like Young Frankenstein? Uh, no, I really, I, I, I don't, I, I don't dislike it. Okay. It's not, you know, look, most people put it on a pedestal, right? Uh, it's just not for me. I don't know why. Um, I, I don't have any like reason to think <laughs> that, that, that the reputation about Gene Wilder, which was, he was an absolute like prince of a human being is not true. I'm just saying like, that being said, is Gene Kelly a better choice to run a five minute mile? Absolutely. So, so maybe I would switch those two okay. because I don't think Wilder, although Wilder has got, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's got, probably got some wiry strength, you know? All right. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to leave your list as is, then I'm, I'm fine with that. And that's your, I don't mind. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. Let's All right. those two. Nobody else is running a five minute mile. I mean, maybe, you know what? Put Wilder behind the snack bar. Okay. And put the, <laughs> get, get the dance machine out there right. for a five minute mile. I mean, I mean Wilder, by the way. Gene Wilder's going to do great bits back there behind the snack bar. That's a yeah. change that, that I can uh, that I can support. I mean, if, if you could repeat Gene's, I would have put the dancing machine everywhere. I, I think there's nothing that that oh. guy can't do. Yeah, I mean, I will say for each one that came up, I was like dancing machine. Like certainly, <laughs> cab driver was between Oakland and the dancing machine. <laughs> and the dancer. Uh, yeah. All okay, right. Good. That was last Gene right, standing, well, I, right? Gene for the job. A lot of different titles for that one. I loved. I really enjoyed that. Uh, okay, TJ. Yes. Um, here's the situation. Okay. Uh, you have a job that you really want, and that job is uh, there's an organization that's going to start assigning handicaps like golf handicaps. Okay. Except to non-golf activities. Okay, great. So the great thing about the golf handicap, for those that don't know, is that um, the golf handicap system allows golfers of different skills to be able to play against one another and and still have it be fair because the better player has to add a certain number of strokes to their game. And so if you're a golfer and your handicap is zero, you are a phenomenal golfer because that means that what you would normally shoot, let's say par is normally 72 on most courses, it's 71 or 72. So a zero handicap would mean you should shoot 72. So we're not hey, going to, you know, um, I'm just thinking of rush when people say like, eh, that's par for the course that that's kind of like un unremarkable, you know, like, eh, it's what you can expect. 
to actually shoot par for the course is extraordinary. Yeah, it's 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 crazy because par is, and it's one of the things that makes golf so frustrating, right? Is that uh, unlike any other sport I can think of, like they they tell you here's the baseline, and it's basically impossible. You can yeah. spend a lifetime of really really playing well and still be like a five handicap, you know? Yeah, and. Um, but so zero is is a phenomenal golf handicap. Plus one is better than zero. So if you have a plus one handicap, that actually means you generally would shoot one shot better than par. Um, like a kind of a, a weekend golfer might might have like an eighteen handicap. That's a pretty good player, but that's a bogey golfer who's going to shoot you know one one worse than expected. And then kind of the highest handicap, like a high handicap would be 36. And they usually don't allow handicaps above 36. Okay. So you're going to use that scale of basically zero to 36. Although if somebody's truly incredible, you can go to a plus one. Right? Okay. And in order to get the job, you have to give yourself a handicap and say what you're rated in, in a bunch of different areas. And then the place is going to decide whether you're good enough doing that to, okay. to let you decide like these other things. So let's start with, if you had to say what your golf handicap was at its best, not where it is today. I know you haven't played in a long time much, but where, when you were at your best, what was your golf handicap? Give me all 36. All 36, yeah. even then? Yeah. At all my right. best, I could hit it a ton, never straight. Uh, what would you give yourself as a handicap in baseball? Um, now? Now? Uh... 25 what about like peak peak of your baseball career 10 okay so like probably good enough to play in college might be like a three or four uh Uh, yeah i i probably if if i had stuck at it and gotten right into it my freshman year i probably could have played like a div three you know team or something like that maybe like an eight yeah. I mean, by the end of my summer ball, I could hit, I could hit an 85, 90 mile an hour pitch, uh, uh, not with regularity, but I could, I could catch up, to, I could catch up to that. So if I had gotten like right into a training program and stuff, I probably could have hit nine, you know, hit something coming 90, 95. What's your current handicap for leisurely walking? If you're oh, in a, you know, I might be a plus one. Oh, wow. That's a big Big statement. You're ready to go pro. Buddy, right right now I'm averaging between fifty and sixty miles a week. Yeah. I'm I'm Power doing walking. like eight 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 miles on average about no, I'm between I'm sorry, I'm between sixty eight times seven is fifty six. Yeah, I'm between fifty and sixty miles of a week. So yeah, I'm I'm I I could go pro. I I might be pro. It might be that, like those old days when like Bobby Jones was an amateur, but he could beat the pros. I might be right. an amateur right now who's just beating pros. Uh, is this your all-time career best it's handicap? Never been, yeah, walking? never been better. Never been better at the height of. I'm at the height of my of my sport right now. Uh, jumping rope. Ah, oh, buddy, all thirty-six. 36. No, no timing, no ups. Jump rope. Yeah. What What's your lifetime best handicap in jumping rope? Thirty-five. <laughs> I got. I bought a jump rope a few months ago, uh-huh. uh, and I was shocked at how bad I was. At it's jumping rope. it's also surprising how damn exhausting that is. Yeah, jumping horrible. three three inches off the ground 
in any kind of yeah. rhythm. It is exhausting. I was like, I'll just, I'll just, I'll start with just a, a five minute jump oh. rope, and I was like, oh no, I won't. No way. I'll start with, I'll start with hitting my shins <laughs> right. ten times, and then when I finally get a little bit of rhythm, I'll be exhausted after thirty <laughs> right. seconds. That's what, that's what I ended up instead. Uh, okay, uh, what's your handicap in pillow fighting? Oh, maybe seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, handicap for doing accents. Doing accents. Hmm. Uh, I you know I've dropped. I I've really dropped to about a thirty. At the height, okay. at my height, maybe a seven. I would maybe a seven handicap yeah. in doing accents. Wow. So yeah. really out of practice. Oh, really, it's, it's so fallen. Everything's fallen gone from uh, grace when it, it comes to doing accents. Everything. Every accent I start f- ends up falling into the same voice bucket. You know, like I could mm-hmm. start with like attempting an Australian uh, or uh, attempting an Austrian and it all ends up in the vague, not from here, re- yeah. you know, sound. So, yeah. So you may not be able to pull off that uh, that uh, uh, fake nanny. Uh, oh, not which, anymore. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you always thought you could, but maybe not anymore. Um, maintaining positivity when when uh, positivity is uh is is required How, what's your handicap in that maybe a 32 32 okay. uh, but i'm working on so it i'm i'm trying i'm actively trying to get better at that part of my game right there yeah, yeah. so you're spending like 2 hours a day out uh-huh. on, the, on the range of positivity just looking on the bright side just looking on the bright side it, you know it's 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 it goes hand in hand with the, these long walks uh organization what's your organization handicap you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably a nine, probably a nine. Oh, nice. that's yeah, that's good. That. So like a good, a good weekend organizer. Like you can get out there, you can win some money off people mm-hmm. uh, organizing. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'll bring, I'll bring my four different colored pens and, uh, and just like, and just set it up and knock it down uh, on schedule for sure. Yeah. And now I want to ask you two of the uh, th- uh, are things I know you're interested in being good at, but I don't know how good you are uh-huh. at them. So yeah, wait till you hear this. And yeah. hey, by the way, people hate when people sandbag. You know what's? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, I'll give you the honest thing. And I think so I think I know say, what you're going to ask. I think I know. I think I know the couple of things you're going to ask, and and I'm not. I, I think yeah. I'll, I'll give you honest assessment. I bet you don't know both. Of okay, them. great. Maybe not then. Okay. One of them is baking. Yep, uh, that's one. One I, the, that's one that I okay. thought you were gonna do. Yeah, wh- I want to know what the two you thought I was gonna ask. Woodworking and baking. Okay. Um, uh, what What is your handicap? Yeah, it's, a, it's not woodworking is the other one. But okay. I, uh, give me the handicap for both of them. Oh, woodworking about a thirty four. Um, re- not good, not good at it. Um, yep. still, still scared of some of the tools. Uh, you know, like. Uh, saw plug-in saws are still frightening so i i prefer to use my hand saws on stuff but you can only get so much done um baking i would say i'm a you know i'm i'm kind of i'm i'm instinctive which is a tough thing to bring to baking because you have to have it so exact so i think i'm a 21 21 handicap right now baking still got a long way to go but but i'm 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 maybe a little worse than bogey bogey baker how good do you think you need to be before you open a bakery if you're if you're baking? Oh, you better be damn near like a three handicap if you're going to open a open okay. a place to sell it. So you got a little ways to go. I got there, some improvement. Go. Yeah. Um, and the other one I, I was going to have was uh, um, 
if you had to get into watchmaking. Oh, oh, oh. I'll take all 36. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) That would have been my third guess. Uh, That would have been my third guess. Uh, Great. Well, you gave a good range and that seemed, you know, yeah, you may have sandbagged a little bit from time to time. People, you know, I don't know. Really, a, really a sixteen. I'm, I'm definitely a double. I'm definitely a double bogey watchmaker. I can, I can promise oh, yeah. you that. Yeah. That one, that one's feel safe. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm gonna go into this next situation with just a little bit of a little bit of trepidation as to how to explain it. So I'm gonna. Tr- I, I think. I think I'm being sensitive to the proper things in here. But you, you, you tell me. So, Rush, here's the situation. This is on jeans. We've spoken before about your buddy who says he could have been in the PGA if he put in time like Tiger had, right, Rush, from from a yep. young, very young age or or whatever. And clearly, Tiger worked at, as hard at it as anyone ever, ever has from a very young age, but was also genetically given probably a range of ability to become that great, I would say. Um, Michael Phelps probably had a genetic ability. He's tall. I think he's six, four, six, five. There's probably some lung capacity that was also like genetically given to him on top of that, on top of that hard work. I'm interested in the athletes who don't seem as genetically predisposed to greatness. So even someone like Tom Brady, who probably is, it's not obvious like that. This is an athletic, a hugely athletic whatever genetically predisposed football god or um someone like john crook who does not have the body that would be thought of as an athlete but probably the hand-eye timing um or even someone i was thinking like marshawn lynch who seems like he's a strong fast powerful dude but there's just a lot of want in him a lot of like like i'm gonna go two yards and you won't be able to stop me for those two yards. So not someone who is like just a freak athlete, but has a lot of like want to him. So Rush, could more people be like a John Crook as opposed to a LeBron or a Sergey Buka or a Usain Bolt who seem kind of like God divined talent and ability um, as well as could there be more like punters or place kickers if you started at four years old just trying to kick a ball through uprights or um, let's say a dh for example that you were never gonna have to play the field could there be more dh's place kickers and stuff if you did from the time you were four just punt footballs well a couple thoughts there. What one? I spoke with someone who swam in college, uh, not long ago, and said, "What? What percentile is Michael Phelps' body in terms of the body you would want to be a swimmer?" And she was like, "Ninety nine point nine percent." Okay, like he's freakishly built to be a perfect swimmer for the events that he does. From so, from birth, that capacity, and then a ton of hard work and working out or whatever, right? Sure. But, okay. Yeah. Not to take anything away from him, you know, really, but, but like, so yeah. And I always think about like John Stockton to me is like the perfect example where you're like, there's a million, probably literally a million. Six uh, foot dudes. (laughs) 5'11 dudes that are scrappy, that can shoot, you know, that, that, that are their best player on their high school team. And only John Stockton like makes it to you know, the NBA or Allen Iverson was five, nine, right. Okay. Uh, CC Sabathia is 300 pounds and is pitching. Right. Um, so yeah, but 
And so someone like Kruk, who is probably like 6'1", 240. Is that... Yeah. Yeah, Kruk is a good, like, Sabathia type where you're yeah. like, this guy does not look like he is a professional baseball player, and yet he could rake. Um, but but then, the, to answer your question, it's kind of hard because, like, would there be more place kickers? No. There's a finite number of place kickers available, right? Um, but, each team need, needs only one. But would your and, buddy have a point if he said, instead of, like... Oh, I could have been on the PGA. If he said I could have been an uh, uh, NFL caliber place kicker if I started at the age of four, is that? Yeah. Okay. Because, again, it goes back to my Stockton point, right? What's so impressive about Stockton, and I'm using Stockton specifically because I hate the guy because I was a huge Mark Price fan. Okay. And I think Mark Price was, you know, basically as good, but, you know, unfortunately – John had a little better setup, and he had Carl Malone, and uh, he, he was also very healthy and so forth. But, um, you know, to me, the Stockton thing is more impressive because so many people play basketball. You know, it, it's like it's like uh, Messi, right? It's so incredible because, like, when I mean, you look at Lionel Messi, he looks like just a dude, you know, off the street. You mm-hmm. wouldn't even be like, that guy's a great athlete. He plays the most popular sport in the world, and he's currently probably the second best player and for many years he's been the best player in the world i mean for like 15 years he's been one of the two best soccer players he looks like he could be like my fraternity brother right he's out there and um and so is that the argument for genetic disposition that he is so unremarkably like sized or shaped and yet can achieve that sport at that he was just given a massive natural capacity for for that game yeah, I mean, it just shows you that there's all sorts of things that beyond just just size and strength that go yeah. into it. Like there is there is something called athleticism, and though it is difficult to define and leads to all these, you know, sometimes interesting, sometimes uh, you know, uh, boring arguments about what it, who are the greatest athletes? What does it mean to be a great athlete? Right? Is it Bo Jackson? Is it the the specimen of the most? highest combination of speed and size and strength that's bo jackson that's jim thorpe that's whatever is it uh is it is it just you know is it really speed and and the fluidity of motion now we're maybe talking about usain bolt is it like hand eye coordination now michael jordan starts to dominate those conversations and and that's the only place crook could really make an argument right? right to go back to a guy like that and so then then you start to say well wait a second is maybe crook even a better athlete than Michael Jordan in the sense of that part of athleticism, that hand eye, right? Because Michael Jordan, let's not, I mean, let's, you know, people are like, yeah, well, LeBron is, you know, six, nine and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, Michael Jordan had a phenomenal athletic body. Let's not mm-hmm. pretend that Michael Jordan was like, you know, uh, Bud Webb. Know, Rush Howell. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy was six, six and like, you, you know, had, I mean, he had he didn't start lifting weights until he was like in his second stint with the Bulls, right. <laughs> so, and, and you know, so so you know, yeah, of course, if you took something that was like place kicking, where there is not nearly as many people that do it, you'd have a better chance of sending your kid out. It, it's you know, it's the same reason that like a lot of these crazy parents pick tennis. It's not as popular of a sport. It's not as hard to become the top tennis the top like tennis player in your state is basketball player in your state because a lot more kids play basketball 
Do you think a place kicker or let's say long snapper or something like that would need a genetic in the same way that it would take every other athlete, including someone like Croc, who doesn't look like an athlete, who I think famously said, ma'am, we're not athletes, we're baseball players, that um, that to make it in professional baseball, the genetic predisposition you'd have to have for hand-eye still has to be that point of whatever 1%, right? Would you still need that kind of disposition, do you think, um, or genetic predisposition to be like a long snapper or a place kicker or a punter? Would you need the potential to have massive quads or to, you know, or, or what have you? It's a good question. I, I you know, and I, I actually, I certainly don't know well, but have met and spent some time with um, Patrick Manley who was the long, long time, like one of the longest tenured in NFL history, long snapper for the Chicago Bears. And, um, you know, Patrick was a very, like a tremendous athlete. And the people that end up like long snapping, uh, for the most part, are people that can't quite make it uh, on, on uh, to start as a lineman or a tight end, but who have... Um, you know, good hand eye uh, mixed in there. So they have a little bit more, you know, kind of natural uh, athletic skill in that regard. Mm -hmm. And so for the most part, you wouldn't, you wouldn't change over to a long snapper unless you don't make it on the line, because if you make it on the line, you get paid way more. It's more prestigious, blah, blah, blah. And so I think, I think what, what ends up happening is you have these phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal athletes who are good enough to be, you know, college scholarship linemen or linebackers, and then who are good enough to make it for like tryouts for NFL teams. And then the NFL team, my dad had a client who was a great linebacker in college, but was really undersized. And the only place he had a chance to play was as a long snapper uh, because he had good hand eye. And and even then he wasn't just kind of big enough to do it. So I think that it's, it's, it's certainly you need like a ton of athletic ability you just kind of don't get invited to be around that world. You know, there's not a lot of stories like the pitcher, you know, who's throwing 96, you know, out on the highway uh, while he coaches his, you know, high school team, right? Most people that, that fall into those um, peripheral positions get there because they they came just short of, uh, of the more prestigious positions. Okay, gotcha. All right, well, that's all I had for that one, brother. Already, uh, okay. So TJ, uh, we're still on Gene Hacks Men, and uh, here's the situation. There's going to be a scale. We'll call it the Gene Hackman scale. Okay. Uh, where, where you, you, it's it's for versatility across genres for actors. Okay. And you take you take their single best dramatic performance. Yep. In a in a, in what I'm going to call like a serious drama. And by that, I just mean something that could conceivably be like considered for an Oscar at some point in time. So okay. a, mo- a movie like Crimson Tide the conversation like is not going to be in-, in there necessarily, whereas the French Connection or whatever would. be. Right? Yeah, I'd put the conversation there for talking about my man, Gene Hackman. Yeah. Yeah. So so then you, you, you score them on a scale of one to 100, 100 being for me. Daniel Day-Lewis and There Will Be Blood. 100 is like borderline impossible. It's like the best two or three performances in history. A 90 is a 
phenomenal, great performance. A one is like, you know, unthinkably bad. That's your scale. Everybody knows how one to a hundred scales work. Um, <laughs> you then, you then add to that one to a hundred, their best performance ever in a comedy. Okay. And then, and then you add that one to 100 for their best performance in any other genre, which can be like screwball comedy, uh, as opposed to like, you know, regular comedy, or, or it could be Western fantasy, sci-fi, horror, period piece, you know, whatever you, whatever it may yeah. be. So Hackman's so be- good. Hackman's so good at that, dude. If you go conversation, Tenenbaums, Hoosiers or whatever, that's a yeah. monster score. Monster yes, score. Exactly. So yeah. let's, so you're, you're already, you're way ahead of the game here, which is, so I was thinking like a number, like a, like a two, 70 yep. is a number that's like basically very, very few actors could hit it. And I was thinking of calling it like the Hackman line. Yeah. Okay. You get, you got to get, you got So first of all, what number would you give Hackman? 270. I, I think I would give him a 270. I think, I think it's right, right on that. I think the conversation Tenenbaums and Hoosiers um, are probably not, I, I, for him, 90s across the board. I would say 90, 90, 90. For me, I think... Hackman and Tenenbaums may be a 95 comedic performance. I'm not sure I can name 10 that I think are better. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. Yep. I hear you. But so you got him around a 270. Yeah. So then the question is, what other, because he, he's the guy that came to mind immediately for me on this for like, you know, he could, he could do it all. I could do it all really well. Who are some other actors that might be flirting with, or actresses that might be flirting with? A 270 here's, it comes to mind. Here's a dude who I think was actually his roommate for a while. Um, Dustin Hoffman. Okay. Dustin Hoffman, I think, probably gets you right in that neighborhood. So Hoffman, where what are we looking at for his, his like hard drama? Uh you can I mean, Christ, you can go Dog Day, you can go um Papillon, um you can go I think that's the easiest one. Midnight Cowboy. Um, Do you think he's he's hit ninety pluses in in all of those films? I think he's damn close. Yeah. Wow. Marathon wow. Man. Marathon Man's one of my favorites. I love him in that. Uh, comedy. What do you got? There? Probably Tootsie. Yep. Yeah. For me, that's like an eighty-five-ish. Uh huh. Maybe. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't be a hundred uh, threat, but I I. I I wouldn't fight you on Hoffman could push a 90 with his best dramatic role. And then what's, what's his third, maybe a rain man. Rain man like was nominated for best picture. So that's, that's a hard drama. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. Would you give him 90 for 90 for rain man? If we went with hard drama there, would you give him a 90? Maybe, yeah. Okay. Maybe. That, that, that's the one that came to mind when you said, but look, he's got a bunch. I mean, he's got, uh, what's it, we haven't even talked about um, the graduate. Yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. So I got to find a movie that's like a sports movie or something. Or, uh... Yeah, I mean, it's it's just got to be like you know, uh, it's got to be like a blockbuster. You know, it, it can't be, it can't like that. That's what, it's a little hard to d- describe. But like Hackman was able to do like a, you know your Crimson Tides. Your, I got to come I, up with the. A better like hook, right? That's what you're saying. I got to come up with like a movie like Hook, but better than Hook. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. Um, 
Because Hackman also has Unforgiven as a Western, where he could have scored big. Yeah, um, and I liked him in The Quick and the Dead, but it's uh, I don't know if other people would have liked that as much. Um, I'm not going to go with Mr. Uh, Magisterium's uh, Magicaporium right, right, uh, right. Magirium. Um, gotta be, I'm guessing I'm missing something right in front of me. Because if I'm thinking about Tom Hanks, yep. I don't think Tom Hanks has got pushes pushes ninety in a comedy, and maybe I'm maybe I'm missing one. But I, I that was the one guy I, I spent some time thinking about, and I was like, I, he started in comedy. He was he was certainly passable and, and likable in comedies. But like, what's the signature Tom Hanks comedy performance? And you're like, this is one of the great comedy performances of all time. What would you have to give him? Big is that what people would say is the straightest yeah, but comedy? Big is like okay. I liked you know? Splash more than I liked just about anything, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, old time, I, again, it'd, be, it'd have to be his off movie, but like Cary Grant, they gave a lot of credit for being able to do heavy drama, and then he did a bunch of light comedies, bringing up Baby and, you know, and stuff stuff like that that was, but he also was able to do something like Roman Holiday, which might be his off movie, which I think was more just like a, you know, a romance a romance film as opposed to a heavy, a heavy drama yeah. and then maybe, or North by Northwest or something like that. Um, they gave him That's a, a lot of call. credit for being able and, to do both. And maybe, maybe the modern day Cary Grant, George Clooney might score well on this Hackman scale. Yeah. Cause and, Clooney, Clooney's got like, I mean, God knows like oceans 11 or whatever, you know, would fit into that kind of third genre. It's not the comedy. It's not the heavy drama. Um, Catherine Hepburn also did a bunch of kind of lighter, lighter comedies. Either she did that one, Bringing a Baby, but she did some lighter stuff like Desk Set with Spencer Tracy, but certainly did something like Lion in Winter and could do, you know, like the heavy, the heavy um, drama. Those in-between movies are the tougher ones to, to, uh, to find. Also, like, it just seems like, and maybe our sense of humors have changed. It's tough to find movies from the 50s that were like, what a laugh riot. What an all-time great comedy that almost seems like a genre that came into its own when you could kind of talk about more stuff and do more stuff when you were you afforded not having to be as polite with with society, you know, like when you got into the 70s and were able to start, you know, I don't know, saying more things and doing more stuff on film, you know, or, or maybe yeah. the 60s and 70s. That's oh, Nichol- I- Nicholson? If if we could find a comedy for Nicholson, because he so does Nicholson, could, Nicholson could do, um, yeah, because he did a lot yeah, of comedic it? stuff, you know, like, but but I wonder if you would call like what as good as it gets or whatever uh, a comedy, you know, like I certainly didn't laugh, yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe 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 you could call as good as it gets a comedy. Cause he could, you know, like I, I didn't love those Batman, but you know, maybe him as Joker was, you know, was, and and he's got dramas up the up the wazoo. If one floor of the cuckoo's nest has to be sure. in the neighborhood of a ninety-five, right? Like, yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah, agreed. Jack Nicholson's got more than one ninety-plus. Yeah, drama. and maybe I, maybe I just think of that age because that's also like a Gene Hackman, Dustin Hoffman, Pacino. 
Um, uh, who do we just do? Oh, Nicholson. Where, They're where all is, from where is the Pacino comedy, though. I don't like, know. De, Niro, I mean, De Niro's got the comedy. Like you could say that De Niro and like a Meet the Parents was uh, certainly strong enough that he's gonna he's gonna because De Niro's probably got a ninety eight right from yeah. the hard drama side, and then uh, what's his off movie? Here? Mad Dog and Glory. <laughs> Ooh, what is his? Uh, you know, because he's never done like a a sci fi. Yeah. He's never done. Well, I mean, oh no, he is. He's in Brazil. De Niro's in Brazil, so he he has that weird, you know, weird, uh, you know, very odd kind of flick f- in there for himself. And I know I'm making the game harder. It would be easier if I just said his top drama and his top comedy. But I do think there's something to, like, the truly well-rounded actor that they can also go out and, and knock out of the park the, like, you know, the kind of, like, popcorn movie yeah i just think i think that's a nice skill to be able to have i think i think the key to this is is start with like start looking at the great comedies of all time and then you can and then you might be able to find the other the other stuff in there you know the the dramatic role or the or start with a list of whatever off movies are you know and then and then work your way work your way back because it seems the drama is the is the easiest one has dicaprio been in any comedies can he do comedy I, I really don't. I don't think he really can. I mean, I know that people. Some people might say that Wolf of Wall Street, um, you know, is, is it's really funny or something. It was I don't Once think Upon so. a Time in Hollywood funny? I didn't see it. He has a great comedic. I mean, it's not, maybe not even supposed to be comedic, but he has multiple great comedic parts in that. But I would still say that's to me a drama and probably a hard a hard drama. I feel like DiCaprio. I love DiCaprio. Big fan. Probably. Inception would be the movie I would pick for his non like, you know, hard drama that is is often the kind of sci fi of Inception, but um but I, I don't think he's he's ever really done a yucker. He, yeah. yeah. And I, he he seems like close to humorless, you know. Like <laughs> All right. Like well, I, we we could do this. We could do this for a while. Just, I, yeah, I just, what, last thing I want to say on that though is Bringing up baby remake George Clooney and Kate Blanchett. Who says no? Oh, everyone's in. Everyone's yeah, in on that, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Bring up baby. <laughs> That'll bring, be. If you haven't seen that. After we make Con Water, we'll do that. You know, well, first yeah, first yeah, thing we make is Con Water. <laughs> All right, Rush. Uh, here's the situation: you are transported to the 1950s and subjected to a genetic gender test organized by stereotypes. Of men and women. So the way okay. this will happen is I'll give you a choice of like two things that are either that are, yeah, stereotypically male or female. And for each one of these, you'll get an M or an F. There's 10 of them. So the maximum masculine scale you could get is 10M. The masculine feminine scale you could get is 10F. Otherwise, you'll get whatever the difference is of, you know, you'll, if you'll get, the F's minus the M and you'll end up with a 3M or you'll get the M's minus from the F's and end up with, you know, a 6F score or whatever. Cool? Okay. So this is the stereotypes from the time. It's a real 1950s version. So, Rush, would you say you're good in the kitchen or terrible in the kitchen? Terrible. All right. That's a 1M. Right now you're at 1M. All right. Would you say you're handy or not handy? Not handy. All right, that's now it's an F. You're back to neutral. 
right there. All right. So I won't I won't give you any of the other ones until we get to the end. Russ, do you cry or do you never cry? Never cry. Okay. Are you nurturing, Rush, or are you cold and removed? Cold and removed. Okay. And for some of these, you might not be total, but it'll be whichever one you think you uh, yeah, I'm just are. Picking more. the one I'm. Yep. Even if, if I'm fifty-one forty-nine. Yep. I'm picking exactly the correct. I got it. Rush, do you think about sex all the time, or are you waiting for marriage? Uh, sex all the time. Okay. Do you smoke and drink, or do you dance and nibble? As between those two things, I smoke and drink, even though I have never smoked anything. All right. Rush, do you think you're better suited to go to war or run the household? Yeah, run the household. Okay. Rush, are you more snips and snails or are you more sugar and spice? Don't even know what a snip is. Mm-hmm. So, I hear you. And I do, I do it's like an old test. It's from the 50s. Maybe they had snips all around in the 50s, but yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I so, like, are I you like sugar, sugar and spice? Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Rush, more hot rods or unicorns? Hot rods, baby. Hot rods. Okay. And Rush, do you tell all in the locker room or do you gossip on the telephone? Uh, uh I guess I I don't do either of those things, but I'd say I tell all in the uh, locker room. Oh, you dirty dog, you! All right, yeah. Rush. Now they would run this through the beep boop 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 boop. Those are the computers of the fifties, right there. Beep boop 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 boop. Two, three, four, five, six, seven. Beep boop 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 boop. All right, Rush. You come out as definitively male. You you're a plus four M on this. Plus four M. Yeah, you had you had seven M's and you only and you had only had three F's. Nice. Uh, did you did you try that one yourself? I did not. Um, I I think I would be decided. I might be decidedly uh, feminine here. Um, cries more nurturing. Uh, yeah, I'm more dance and nibble. Run the house. Sugar and spice. Uh, more unicorns. Uh, more. I don't gossip. I am. Um, I would be uh, incredibly female. Uh, I would be a plus six F on this. So you went eight and two. Yes. Eight Fs, two Ms. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad I wasn't three three M. I didn't, you know, want to have to go work there necessarily. <laughs> Nothing wrong with three M, but uh, all right, good. All right, all right, that was a little quickie there for you. I I think I only have one left. I think Rush all is right. that about right? Yeah. I got a qu- I got a quickie for you. you. Hit me, baby. Eccentric billionaire. Here's oh, the situation, boy. TJ. Oh, An eccentric boy. billionaire captures you. And he says, you got two choices, and only two choices. Yep. I am either going to create an exact copy of you Mm. that that I will randomly put somewhere else in the world. Okay. Or I'm going to take your current DNA and shift it by 1%. So you're going to be 1% different, and we're going to take your genes, and obviously this comes from genes, and take the genes and change them by 1%. So you'd be 1% different. Which do you choose and why? Well, I think, and I could be wrong, but I feel like a 1% shift in the world of genes might be massive. Like, I, I could end up being like a like a horsefly. So I think uh, I will take... Uh, just to be, that's a great point. That's a fair <laughs> point. And he says... You know, fair enough. I'm an eccentric, but I'm not unfair. <laughs> I will tell you, 
it's it's a one percent shift along the human uh, spectrum. Okay. So it's not you're not going to move one one percent towards you know a different a different animal. Uh, I think I would, I think I would take a a replica. So for instance, <laughs> if you used to be a six F, you might be a five F. <laughs> gotcha. You don't, you're not entirely sure how you got there. But what? But yeah. So um. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to have the the like the thing. I don't want to have the situation over explained. But I'd be tempted to be like, if there are ten traits and one of them and and one out of every ten is going to change, then I wonder if one of those could be like, oh, you're not a murderer, but that's what's going to change in this other version. You do like to murder. So, uh, so I'm going to go with a replica of me somewhere somewhere in the a world. Um, because I, I think I know about myself that I'm at least like morally sound and behaviorally behaviorally responsible. But I don't know what that one percent that one percent change still scares me, especially if I don't know if all my friends and family would be aware that I would be take undergoing that change. And also, um, so I wouldn't want to have to explain to everybody. I guess, or not be able to explain to everybody why I'm just a little bit different, if not a lot of bit different from now on, from now on. Right. Out. Which of those two things do you feel like takes away from your kind of autonomy and, and whatever makes you, you and you special more of those two things, uh, having an exact duplicate of you that's moving about or changing who you are at your core by 1%. I think maybe the, the change, I think maybe the, the, the 10% change, 1% change, um, is even though it doesn't come, it may not come up all the time. I think I'd be met with starkly with how much I may not determine who it is that I am. That 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 may be determined for me. I, I so I, I'm I I'm I'm tending towards that one. All right, the two. Uh, that's all I had. All right, my buddy. Here we go, Rush. So this is off of Hack, and what I thought of was the Sony when Sony was hacked, and they were going to release like all their properties or whatever around the world. Or so this actually this made and it made me think of. That I think that came from, I forget if it was China or maybe North Korea, but either way, it put me in the mind of the time when I had you retranslate, when we translated things, when I fake translated stuff into Chinese and then back into English and asked you what they were. So, like, right. I think bread car might be the Chinese translation back into English for like van or something like that. So if they might be um, emotive or evocative of the thing without, without saying it exactly. So here's the situation, Rush. The American Library of Film was released bootleg style to China. The titles were translated into Chinese and then back to English. So initially, at least, I'm going to give you some of the titles of American films that were translated into Chinese and then back into English. And I want you to tell me these are actual films that we all know what the American title was initially, yep. originally. Got cool. It. The first one is The Trouble with Children. Um, uh, look who's talking. Okay, yes, exactly. Right, of course. 
Um, next, Marriage Thunder. Marriage Thunder? Yeah, Marriage Thunder. Uh, Thor 2, The Dark World. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's more thunder than, than the marriage, I thought. I was I was thinking that was going to be that, like, ScarJo, that ScarJo thing. No, yeah. not at all. All right. Um, versus Kramer. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, how about this one? Cry about the animal. Oh, okay. Um, uh, cry about the animal. I will say old yeller. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. That makes sense. How about um computer adventure? Uh, weird science. Okay, great. And the last of these, um, weather that wants to eat people. Sharknado. Okay. Sure. Oh, great. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and now, Rush, I would like you, I'm going to give you some American titles. I would like you to translate them into Chinese and then back into English for me. Yeah. Cool. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I got it. Great. So the first one is Mrs. Doubtfire. Late, late arriving um, wife made. Okay, great. How about uh, the wedding crashers? Dumb and dumber. Nice, very nice. Uh, Avatar. Um, oh God! Uh, I'm gonna say Avatar gets translated back to Titanic. Okay. Now this this might be the one that um sort of inspired it in the first place because I think I heard one time that the movie Grease when released in South America or Mexico was Vas Vas Vaselina. So oh, nice. so this one this will obviously not be released into uh from uh, translated into Spanish and back I, I guess which would have been Vaseline but this will be to Chinese Chinese and then back in English Grease 2 Rush what was Grease 2 translated back into English as <laughs> Um, most slippery. Okay, great. And this one almost sounded like it could have been translated back. How about The Devil Wears Prada? Oh, okay. Um, Boss is right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was all of those. That was all of those. Alrighty. All right. Always fun to do those. All right. Um, so we're back to where we started. Here's the situation. You're on a show called House Fire Hierarchy, where yes. uh, they bring a contestant in and they say, uh, "We're going to light your house on fire. You got to go and <laughs> grab the ten most important inanimate possessions that you would save from your house and and tell me those ten. What are the 10 things you're saving? Inanimate possessions. You've got just enough time to save them. House fire hierarchy. Better if you can rank them 1 to 10, but if not, that's okay. We need to know your top 10. Okay. Now, I, I hate that this is that some of these are on there, but this is where the world is and where I am. The first thing I think I'm going to grab is my damn phone. Yep, sure. Um, do I have to worry about any of Beth's stuff being destroyed? Okay, then the next thing uh, is probably going to be my iPad. A lot of okay, cool. The 
The third thing is I have a boot box filled with actual old photographs. I would grab that boot box. And I also have a kind of um, medium-sized cardboard box filled with old papers and memorabilia, um, stuff from shows, um, some that you and I did together, and things like that. I would grab that. Oh, shit. I would probably move this. Well, now I'll leave this where it is. Uh, I would grab my, my wallet. Yep. Okay. And then I would grab our box of Christmas ornaments. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I Got like some good that. ones in there, huh? Yeah. It, it, it's a lot from, we try when we take trips or when something happens, there's things like commemorating, like buying the house and we grabbed one in our honeymoon and when we worked in Maine. So we have like, it's kind of a, this, a little story of our, some of them are from our childhoods, you know, our separate childhoods or whatever, but stuff that I've been, I have one that I've been putting on a tree since, um, with the help of my mom and dad since I was four months old, and I've put it on the tree every year since. Um, Beth has old ones like that, and then a lot that we collected together. Um, so that's up to six. I would grab my baseball glove. That's at seven. I would then grab my like regular laptop. That's at eight, but most of the stuff that I want is on other things. Then I would grab one of my pillows. I like my pillow. Actually, you know what? Move that down to 10. I forgot. Before that, at 9. Ooh, wait. I might move this up. Hold on. I'm moving this up. I just thought of something. It's above my computer. It's... Shit, it's above my ball glove because that thing's not as broken in as I want it. So up to like 7, maybe? After my wallet. After the Christmas ornament. So up to 7. Oh, Beth got me like two Christmases ago a heavy blanket. I got a blanket that weighs like 25 pounds. I love that thing. I would grab that. So I'd have a heavy blanket. It's hard to get that one out of the house fire, but you're allowed 10. I'm allowed just enough time to get in there and get this stuff. So I'm I'm going to, even if I have to move slowly, uh, I still have just enough time to get out there. But I'm I'm not going anywhere without without that heavy blanket. Now, of these things, which for which one of them did, did the price of the object factor into it where you were like, it would just be uh, uneconomical for me to, uh, to not grab this versus, and how many did the sentimentality or the effort that it would, it would take to replace the item matter more than the cost? Uh, oh, none of them are, none of them are for cost. Okay. None of them. Um, even like the iPad is just, I have pictures on there of Josephine that I don't have anywhere else. Pictures of Beth and I that I don't have anywhere else. iPhone, because I'm going to have to call people and tell them what happened. And, you know, and um, the wallet was just for, I'm going to need credit cards. I'm going to have to go stay somewhere. And then the rest is just for all, all sentimental, all sentimental value. Uh, but yeah, none of, none of them were for cost. Good. Would, well. would you, would something for cost make your list? And maybe I'm yeah. maybe I'm not thinking of something that that what what would be the four cost item on your on your list? Well, I have a collection of Magic the Gathering cards, ah, quite gotcha. old, and it's worth quite a lot. And I would grab that for sure. Gotcha. Uh, and getting out of my house. 
Um, Do you know what your heaviest item is? Uh, you know, I'll tell you, oddly, uh, on this one, people were probably like, what the hell did Rush even do this week? His things don't even tie to the theme. Because <laughs> on, on the handicaps, that was hacks. Because I thought of like hacks. Oh, yeah, hacks, sure. Like hack, hacking golf. Absolutely. Um, and this one was jeans because what? one of the 10 things I would grab is like. Your pair my, of jeans? My favorite pair of jeans. No, okay, okay. Which, That's great that you would grab, grab a pair of jeans. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I mean. That pair of jeans I probably wore eighty to a hundred days, like on on two or three years. So, wow. Um, you know, and I don't. I find it difficult to find like comfortable pairs of pants. You know, like sweatpants. I have a lot of sweatpants, but like things that I can actually wear outside. So I actually think that would probably make it in my in my top ten. And then um, heaviest. Uh. No, as I was listening, looking at listening to these things like, oh, but like my blanket's going to be the heaviest thing just because it's a specifically heavy blanket. But for the most part, the things that were important to me are fairly light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the heaviest I mean, like I would like to take my like tonal off my wall. (laughs) Right. Cost a goddamn fortune to get another one of those, or like my Peloton. Um, those would be very heavy, and I guess maybe I would take them for cost. I, I think I would be probably a little higher percentage of uh, for cost items than than you. I'd, I'd probably be like fifty fifty. Yeah. Where yeah. There, there are a bunch of if I could, there are a bunch of like thing things I have in frames, you know that are artwork or but but to have like sentimental value for me and um you know if, if that that would be really hard to choose kind of which of those made it yeah and i would probably spend spend some of my time on whatever it's called and uh, i think it's funny because like that. those sentimental things are like ha- half of the things on my list are gonna be basically worthless to someone else like who, who the hell wants my pillow you know like my stained with my sweat or who the hell wants like that that base you know I guess you'd want the baseball glove, but who would really give give a rat's ass? Or like people have their own Christmas ornaments. Who the hell would want you know another another hundred of those that mean nothing to them? You know. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I would definitely. You know, I was reading this thing. You know, it's like minimalism, right? Which I I don't I don't adhere to uh-huh. uh, for for better or for worse. But it's like how how you can live on 111 possessions. And I'm like, no, 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 I can't have more than 111 <laughs> possessions. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about trying to, like, kind of declutter a bit. And then and then I was like, yeah, you know, it would be very hard to pick 10 things. I would really beat myself up over thinking about the 10. Uh, so, but anyway, you you had, like, well, you, you were just, you got it. You know so. what? Set set your house on fire. I bet you you make some some of those decisions pretty damn quick. Yeah, I just it feels like there's some reason that I wouldn't want to do that, but I can't. Well, I guess you really don't want to know the answer. I guess you just, I guess you don't want to know. All right. That's why I host the game show rather than uh, participate. Why are you so resistant to knowing the answer to this question? It's weird. You have like, there's something emotional or something weird in your past that makes you not want to know the answer to this. Wow. Well, okay, pal, then I guess we'll just finish the show then. If we're if we're not going to set your house on fire, then we may as well thank Nate and Julie and Emily and 
Uh, thank you guys for listening, and encourage you if you want to uh, write to us. Hey, hey, give me some late in the al- late in the alphabet last names here, because there's uh, once again, I think Rush might have some good situations that it's, I, I see B last names out there, D last names. There was a couple later in the alphabet, but they knew you and wanted to ask you about <laughs> games or like talk to you personally. So. If there's and, and, and I, I lose all the Burks because they're beginning of the alphabet, you know, like. Um, so anyway, if you want to write to us and give us a situation, we're looking to potentially do an all, you know, an all um, listener um, episode. And but I need some, I need some, some, some hot sitches. Yeah. Um, I got a bunch. I have more than enough for the dang. future. I have. Maybe what we should do at some point, Rush, is throw out a theme and let people write to the theme. And then we pick yeah. our, our favorites Great. from Let's that. Do that next week. That's a good idea. Okay, we'll do perfect. It next week, we'll throw out a theme. And so you can use this next week, but you can use it right now. Here's the situation podcast at gmail.com is how you get in touch with us. We really appreciate you listening and uh, hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you soon.